Yes, yes, yes. You have tuned in to Renewed My Revolution podcast with your host, Michelle Cook Hall. Today's podcast is brought to you by Faith versus Fear, Breaking Family Ties, which can be found and available on Barnes and Noble and Amazon.com. This podcast is designed with you in mind to remind you that you can always click that reset button and start all over again. It's never too late to be great. So now I want you to sit back. I want you to relax. I want you to clear your mind, take in that deep breath, prepare yourself for change as we listen in on Renewed Mind Revolution Podcast with your host, Michelle Cook-Hall. Let's go. Hello, hello. Welcome to Renew My Revolution podcast with your host, Michelle Cacall. As always, it is my honor and my pleasure to be able to come and share some tips and some tools with you that I know would assist you in becoming a better you. As promised, as promised, try to keep my word. I have a very special guest for you today. We met her, I believe, in May of this year. Promised that I would bring her back because she has so much more to give and we just did not give her the ample time to share her story she has a great testimony it it touched me i know it touched you um i believe there is a great ministry in her and so because of that i want to make sure that she had that time and that platform to share her story but what we remember her name is vicky joe and that she does have a book called my sanity quest is that correct vicky yes all right. And from our last meeting, um, what I can tell you is that Vicky has a beautiful uh, spirit, a beautiful spirit. And um, I, we connected and immediately. And I'm just so grateful that she would even give us some more of her time and some more of her story. Um, what I will allow her to do is take over. And she's going to start again, just giving us little nuggets of what she said before, just to catch those up. Um, those who didn't get an opportunity to hear her story before, just a little bit of that and the rest of it, you can go back and listen to the previous podcast. But for today, give us a little bit of your story and then let's continue on to what you're doing right now. Welcome, Vicki, to Renewed Mind Revolution Podcast. Is there a place that you remember you wanted me to pick up on or should I just go? So what, what I want you to do is first... Um, for those who have not heard your story, um, kind of explain a little bit about what got you to this point. So we know that from our previous podcast that um, you talked about your trauma, your childhood trauma, and how that affected you, and how you were constantly being over-medicated and misdiagnosed, and how dangerous that is. So it's like it just things just kept happening, right? But at, at one point, you, you come to a place where you're, you know, finding the healing that you need. And you're able now to share your story and help others who will, because it's a, it's a guarantee. Like, it's just like that. There will be others who will experience some of the things that you have experienced. So that's why we share our testimony. So just start off a little bit about 
um, kind of, you know, how did you get to this place? A little bit of your, your childhood, just a little bit of it, because the rest of it, those who didn't hear the first podcast will have to go back and listen to that podcast. Okay, well, I'll skim over the parts without getting into too much detail, and then I'll get to the real good stuff. All right, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was born into and lived for 12 years, being sodomized by my father. I witnessed my father trying to kill my mother repeatedly. I saw a lot of blood. I saw a lot of attempted murder from my father to other members of our family and people. Needless to say, he was not, his brain wasn't functioning properly, and we were always moving and running and in danger. Then my mom remarried when I was 12, and she married an alcoholic, but he was so docile that when he drank, he laid on the couch and fell asleep. He was a really good man. Um, when I moved into this new life, mm-hmm. um, I totally did not ever even think. It was like the past was not even there. I, I had five years of just the most amazingly wonderfulness. Uh, I excelled in school. I, I was um, the president of our choir. Mm-hmm. Um, just good friends and happy times Mm -hmm. except for the um, constant ripping and tearing of my mother her mouth shredding every inch of my being into nothingness Mm. that happened towards the end and I ran away but at um, the senior high school Uh, right before 12th grade. So it was the fall of 1976. Mm -hmm. Some friends and I got on some inner tubes and we were uh, floating down the St. Croix River Mm -hmm. by Annandale, Minnesota is where I graduated from. We stopped to do some diving and I don't know how to do that. As a matter of fact, The only reason I did is because I was so infatuated with one of the guys there. I wanted to show off and prove that I could dive. I'm sure he didn't even, you know what I'm saying? He didn't. Well, I, I, um, I dove and I, I would say that it was probably 25, 30 feet. It wasn't really, really high, but I hit my head on the bottom. And I know that I did because I saw light. I saw flashes of light, like, um, And then I opened my eyes and there was a girl looking at me and asking me if I was okay. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if any of you know this, but when you come from an abusive home, you are not allowed to tell anybody that you're not okay. Okay. So instantly I said, oh, I'm okay. And to be perfectly honest with you, at that point, I wasn't really quite sure if I was okay or not. Mm -hmm. But uh, long story short... Um, I lost my ability to talk. It, it was, I always say that my brain, cause I was thinking there, that there's definitely something wrong here, but my mouth wasn't connected to it. So I wasn't able to communicate what was going on with me. Mm-hmm. And I have done, I have made numerous phone calls over the years and nobody remembers anything. Uh, nobody recognized anything. 
to this day, did not even know that I had a head injury. Hmm. I am a talker. I love to talk. I just jabber on and on and on. And um, when I got home, my mom knew that, that there was something wrong Mm -hmm. because I wasn't talking. Mm -hmm. So I'm still mad at my mom. I really try to forgive her, but I'm still bone. I, I might not be that angry, but I do not understand that she knew something was wrong and she didn't bring me to a doctor. What, what she did was told me to go to my room and she got on the phone for a couple of hours and guess where I ended up? Psychiatric care. Because you wasn't talking? No, because I don't know why. Because must have been all the people. No, there was a, there could have been other reasons that I wasn't talking. Mm-hmm. But the reason that she figured out after, after talking to who knows who mm-hmm. for two hours, it, it, the conclusion that they came to was it must be psychiatric. So did she know about your dye? Did you tell her that about the dye? When when I went to school after after the dive, I was I still was I still went back to school a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, she was called into school because I was doing some peculiar things. Mm-hmm. So when she came in to get me and take me up to my locker, mm-hmm. we were walking up the steps and it's those kind of steps that you go up a ways and then there's a platform with a railing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so what, since I couldn't tell her what was wrong, I grabbed onto the railing and the, and I looked at her and I was trying to demonstrate and I was leaning over the railing, I'll, you know, I was trying to show her that I don't. Well, that's not the way it looked. Right. <laughs> so at any rate, we got my stuff and I went home, made a couple of trips to St. Cloud Hospital, got put on some meds. And I will tell you right now, the whole entire time I was growing up, we were not allowed to even have an aspirin. We were, we were not allowed to have pills. Really? So, so then I get put in a state hospital with all this medication and holy crap (laughs) my bottom jaw was going one way my top jaw was going the other way it's from this medication called Haldol which also caused me to have tardive dyskinesia so if you see my mouth going like this Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean I have a lot of bubble gum in my mouth (laughs) and it doesn't mean I have a mental illness it means that the pill made me this has caused me to do that so here I am with all of these pills Mm -hmm. lithium cogentin haldol melibril and my mother left me there my mother was very um mean she went through periods of really niceness, mm-hmm. but I believe she left me there. She wouldn't accept my call. She wouldn't come and visit. I was there three months. Oh. I experienced needles of Thorazine in my butt, held down by two men and thrown in seclusion rooms and given food to eat and was so pissed off I threw it against the wall. 
And when they wouldn't come to let me go to the bathroom, I went in there. I was so damn mad. And you were still a teenager at this time, right? I was 17 years old. Wow. So just to just to get you up to speed, mm -hmm. I went through about 30, oh, I'm 63, so it started at 17. Mm -hmm. it, it ended two years ago. In and out of psychiatric hospitals, they had me so brainwashed that I was sick. I'm not kidding you. Vicki, you're angry. You're mm -hmm. having a manic episode. Mm -hmm. You're going to be in the hospital. Vicki, you mm -hmm. haven't slept good for a couple of nights. It's sick. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, I had kids. Um, I became a recording artist. I performed for 27 years. I wrote a children's book. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have 30 piece paintings, um, illustrated. I have got all these gifts and talents and I just want to say for one thing, God is so real. I don't <laughs> care what you think. You can, think <laughs> you can think anything you want, yes. but just because you think it doesn't mean <laughs> it's true. God kept me alive. Yes. Through, through that childhood, through all the hospitals yes. where I was abused, yes. where I was deserted, yes. where I was left, where yes. I was over medicated. Yes. In my book, I have a page lists every single, I got every single psychiatric medical record from every hospital except the state hospitals because they closed. Mm -hmm. There's a list. And then there's also a list of all my diagnoses because they don't have your records. Mm -hmm. It is, it is, um, it is not good. It's, uh, I think that there are people that need to go in there and they need to go in there if they're suicidal Yeah. or if I don't know why they would ever go in there. Please forgive me. I'm sure there's people that go in there that need to, Right. I have never needed to go into a hospital. Yeah. What happens is I end up in there for three whole months. Wow. It ruins my apartment, my yeah. car, yeah. my kids go into numerous foster homes. They're yeah. still trying to recover. Yeah. Mom disappearing. Yeah. Where did she go? Yeah. Um, but the book is full of accomplishments. It is full of my 12 steps to stay mentally well most of the time. Mm -hmm. It contains a plan of action with a team of people, including, um, including releases of information so that people can talk to the psychiatrist nurse. I mean, there's an open thing. Um, I, I mainly want to say that if I didn't, first of all, I did not go to Sunday school. Nobody taught me about God except my mother's prayers. Okay. She had my brothers and I get on our knees at night. Mm -hmm. And that prayer, now I lay me down to sleep. Mm -hmm. And I pray the Lord, my soul to keep if I should die Mm -hmm. Because we were near death all the time. Yeah. Before I wake, I pray the Lord, my soul to take, 
So yeah. I knew, I knew. Yeah. And yeah. so that invisible faith, there yeah. was no doctrine, there was no religion. Yes, I love it. Churches, <laughs> churches, organized religions, every one of them are blinded by, they can go jump in the lake and stay down there. <laughs> let me, wait, let, let me interject on that. <clears throat> let me interject on that. Okay. <laughs> so you said so much good stuff. It was so good. It was so good. Okay. So what I think, um, Vicki, to, let's, let's go to the institutions first, as far as like the mental hospitals and all those places like that. I do agree with you. I think that at some point in your life, in somebody's life, whether they might, they may need that time set aside to get the attention that they need to deal with whatever that they're dealing with. But I think just like every other institution that is created by man, it, it can become corrupted. And people are no longer looked at as people. They're not treated as people all the time. They're treated as numbers or diagnosis. And I think that's when it becomes an issue as far as even the medication. You know, I think that a lot of times the medications, they, it, it blows my mind, even when you hear the commercials, how the side effects is actually the worse than the condition that you, that they have. It, yeah. it, it, it blows my mind. How can you tell someone, take a medication for depression, but the side effect could be suicidal thoughts? Like that literally blows my mind, but this is what we're given. And this is what we take as a society, you know, as a people. But I think it's our responsibility to, you know, do our research and to pay attention and to make sure even those that we love, make sure that they're not being over-medicated or given just anything. Um, I think a lot of times those things are not meant for long-term purposes either, because I believe that they do damage. You know, you might need something to calm you for a little while to get you through alert a certain season, but I don't think it's something that you should take necessarily for the rest of your life because, it, like you said, it begins to change, you know, you and then people, when they reiterate in the change, you start to believe the change, you know, you feeling depressed because you're taking this medication that's keeping you sleeping all day and keeping you tired all day and keeping you feeling unlike yourself. So with the medication plus their words, <laughs> you actually start to believe that. And in regards to um, the building as the church, you know, the church, um, I was grow I grew up in the church. My father, uh, you know, was a pastor and I'm what they call a PK kid. And I absolutely, you know, love church. But I, I have seen over the years the damage. I have seen over the years, um, especially even more now, that um, the, the assignment is wrong. You know, the, the center of, of the church is supposed to be God. He's the center, love, God. And I, I, have, I have seen the church make their agenda, everything but God, everything but love. And, and I think that is so sad and it's so harmful because there are people just like you, just like me, who are in a place sometimes where you're lost, that you're hurt, and you need like this lifeline. And you're supposed to be able to go to this church to get this help. But a lot of times people are met with rejection. They are met with uh, criticism. They are judged, prejudged. It's a lot that I can 
really go into about that because I've actually did many podcasts about that because I grew up in the church, like I stayed and I've seen a whole lot of things that actually I hear you saying, I've seen it. So I, I completely get it. And it breaks my heart because, you know, the, the purpose of the church is not to hurt. It's not to do, it's never to deter anyone away from God. It's never to show you anything else but the love of God and, and give you the direction that you may need. But it's so sad that, you know, in this world, in our society, you get, you know, individuals who are more concerned about politics, more concerned about making money, more concerned about how many people they can get in there so they can get more money, um, pushing their own agendas. And still, instead of, you know, focusing on the love of God and the compassion of God. So I can hear, I hear what you're saying and I completely understand why you feel like that about, uh, you know, the church and, and even the institution of mental hospitals. I completely get it. And I, you know, and I understand that. And like I said, I really feel bad that, you know, that's what is being shown, you know, in the church right now is still being the beacon of light instead of being that, that lifesaver to someone, you know, but what I love about God, Vicki, what I love about God is that he will get you where you are. That's what I love about God. Like, like you said, you're not in a church, you, you know, you didn't run to a church and fall on the altar. Right. But, you know, even as mean as you said your mom was, what's so awesome is that God used that, 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 that same person to plant a seed in you to pray so that when you needed that, you were able to have that, that seed already planted and that, and it was already ready for you when you needed it. You was able to go right back to that place of, okay, prayer, you know? It's amazing to me how he can he can do that. You were never in a church, wasn't raised up in a religious household. You didn't do any of those things, but that seed was planted, you know. And so when you need it, you were able to. And that that just it blows it, it just blows my mind because people always think that you know God is going to come one way. He comes whatever way he needs to come for you and for me, like whatever it is. If I'm falling on the floor with a bottle in my hand, you know, getting ready to take them off, he'll come right there, you know. And I love that. I love that. I love that part of your story. I don't want to continue to take over. I said, I'm going to give you the platform. But I just wanted to interject on that because I just thought it was so powerful. But go ahead, continue. Continue, bitch. Go ahead. I'm a singer and a songwriter, and I have a CD, and I did programs in churches and fairs and a lot of churches, okay? Mm -hmm. And every single church that I gave a program at, had a different uh, way, different Bibles, different teachings, mm -hmm. different doctrines. Mm -hmm. And then I found out that the town I come from is in the Guinness Book of World's Records for the most churches per capita. What? Yeah. <laughs> and then they added about 20 more. And then I found out the definition of denomination is mm -hmm. is division mm -hmm. so it's all these churches that have split up okay but this is my point here go go i'm listening <laughs> how how can every one of these churches 
say that what they're teaching is right is right (laughs) and that's why i used to love going to church yeah oh i can hardly wait can i get up and sing can i be on the prayer team um you know i'll take you out for lunch i mean i used to love i love the fellowship but i tell you what there is an awful lot of stuck up people i mean how did I go to lunch after I get done singing? And I'm sorry, but I don't eat sugar. <laughs> pushing and pushing and pushing. That's beside the point. But, um, but you know what I'm saying? Um, there's not supposed to be anything in between us and Jesus. That's right. Nothing. That's right. That's right. Vicky, you're right. You're right, Vicki. We, if we believe, if we believe Mm -hmm. that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, Mm -hmm. and then I think we're supposed to confess it with our mouth, Mm -hmm. whatever. Believe it in your heart, Vicki, that's it. We had a conversation the other day. It's like, okay, so why do these, why does this religion and that religion, why do they have to do this? Right. Why do they have to do that? No, it's already done. And then the people are like, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I'm like, you're preaching my story. This is like my thing. I'm always saying it. I know. So was yours. And I'm just saying, (laughs) yes, we sin. Of course we sin. But for gosh sakes, I'm not going to claim I'm a sinner. Right. I'm from, the, I'm from the depths of, of Satan. I'm a sinner. <laughs> <laughs> right. They, the, the thing is, whew, I could go on and on about that, Vicky. It's the, you should not uh, have to be in a place of condemnation. I mean, even the Bible tells you that, you know, he came to set the captives free. He wants you to be free. I can't that you may have life and have it more abundantly. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. All day, all day. I mean, we could do this all day. (laughs) But I think, I think, I think to be honest, um, a lot of times um, leaders and, and religious organizations use these type of things because it's, it's a form of control. It's a form of control, you know? Um, I mean, even as I, I'm working, um, I'm, I'm getting my master's in pastoral studies and theology um, this year, well, 2023. But so, whatever you're learning is not perfect. No, it's not. This is not God. This I am literally um, on pins and needles, um, all the time and I, it just to be honest I love education because it really opens my eyes to a lot of things and I, I just felt like God put me here because it allowed me to see a lot of things that you know I never would have seen before and I never would have you know got that understanding before but, but what I have learned so far is that you know a lot of times religious organizations can be very corrupted by man and his agenda that's just a fact Histori- a right historically all the way back in the day to this very moment, that activity is still going on. But that's why I personally feel like it is very important for you and I, and those who who love God and really want to live a life that you know is pleasing to Him, that we get you know a personal. And a lot of people don't even understand that concept, which I didn't I didn't know that either. 
prior to, you know, going to school, we, you know, I was kind of taught to have a personal relationship with God, which means is that I'm not, you know, necessarily waiting for a Sunday to talk to God. I'm talking to God all week. You know, I'm praying all the time. I'm reading my word on my own. You know, I don't have to wait for just a minister to read something to me or to tell me something. I'm, you know, commun- <laughs> communicating with God on a regular basis, me and him. <laughs> so I feel like that's exactly what he wants us to do. I mean, I don't think you have to have an ordination, a certificate, or anything else for you to study the word of the Lord, to pray on your own, to spend time with God. I don't think you need to have that to do that. I think, you know, we all are supposed to do that. You know, it's our responsibility. I teach my kids, um, they used to teach them all the time that when it came to understanding relationship with God, I said to them, how do you know somebody? You know, how do I get to know you, Vicky, right? I spend time with you. I'm talking to you. I'm chatting with you. I'm learning of you, right? And so I teach my, I used to teach my kids the same thing. I'm like, how do you get to know, you know, someone? And they say, you spend time. Exactly. So how do you get to know God? You read, you, you study, you pray, you meditate, you spend time with him. That's how you do that. And how we spend time with God is through prayer. You know, that's how we communicate. We're praying. And sometimes it might just you be sitting silent. You know, Can I stop you for a second? Please go ahead. Go, Vicky, go. <laughs> there's there's other ways to spend time with God. Okay, here, okay. let me tell you one, one little piece of thing. Um, God never leaves us. Never. Means, okay, but this is the thing, mm-hmm. which means once you have accepted him, the Holy Spirit dwells inside Amen of your body mm-hmm. your body is the temple of the holy spirit right. he never leaves mm-hmm. he never forsakes why do people say oh lord please be with me come to me please and help me when he's already there because so, people don't understand that's what i'm trying to say even when i went to school they don't understand that concept they don't you know there's some religious i would not call them out but there's a, a religion that I know that I'm talking to them all the time and they literally do not understand the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. They literally don't even teach much about the Holy Spirit and his role in your life. Okay. They don't understand that concept. And like you are understanding that I was brought up and taught that growing up, how important it is to have the spirit of God. When Jesus left, he left his spirit, right. To be in us, right. I know that, you know that, but there are some people in their religion who, you know, are going to their services all the time, but they're not being taught that. So when I'm in class and I'm bringing that up, you should see their faces. They're like, they just so shocked about it. And I was just like, wait a minute, y'all never heard of this? Like, this is not something that y'all taught. No, no, they're not. They're not taught that part. And I think that you're missing a big part. Jesus said, I am going away but I am leaving the comforter with you. No, and I have the floor, so I want to say something. Okay. Okay, just because we're Christians, okay? okay. This, this is a little broader view, not just individual churches, okay. but, but those of us who have accepted Jesus mm-hmm. and believe that he's with us and we know and trust him. Mm-hmm. There are far more beliefs 
in this world than Christianity. So we judge those and they are not going to heaven with us. Mm-hmm. That is goofed up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's confusing because God gave us a free will. Now these people, Michelle, mm-hmm. haven't been introduced to Christianity mm-hmm. or they're never going, you know what I mean? They grew up believing. My taxi cab driver was telling me all the different people that he gives rides to and all these different beliefs mm-hmm. because they believe that does, and they're not Christians. Does that mean, what do you think about that? Well, the Bible tells us that, you know, the only way is to go through his son. Right? But what about their Bibles? Well, let, let, about- me, let me, let me, um, I want to expand and expound some more on that. So as, as Christians, believers, we, we know that. Well, that's what is taught to us. I believe also this. Um, I don't serve a God who is looking for a time where he can just cast people to hell. Hell is not designed for human beings. These are, that's just like me having my babies and wanting my babies to be tortured or hurt. God loves me and you and all those around us, you know, more than we can love our own children. And this is what I'm talking about. We got to remember the center of everything is love. It's very hard for us to make these judgments and answer these questions because our view is so corrupted. Our view is looking through filters. We're looking through our own our own ideologies, our own theologies, our own ideas, our own perceptions, our own cultures, our own backgrounds, our own everything. You know, some people have this this idea of it's my way or the highway. I'm the right one, everybody else is wrong. Once again, I've learned of religions who actually believe that if you're not this, for example, I've met many Catholics who actually, they call themselves from the, the cradle to the grave Catholic. And they feel like if you're not Catholic, you're going to hell, period. And I was just like, I never heard of such things like that. But once again, if I feel like we need to stop looking at people and circumstances and situations with all these filters and look at them through love, the love of God. Think about the man on the cross, right? He did all these terrible things, right? But when he got to the cross, now, disregard all the other stuff. Now, he didn't did a lot before he got there. But when he got to the cross, he acknowledged who Jesus was. And Jesus right then and there said, well, he's going to be with me in paradise. He didn't say, well, you did all these things prior to getting to this cross. Okay? There's many people who there are stories of who have done everything under the sun. But then on their deathbed, they confess. You know, because he, I believe grace kicks in. Now, I know people have their own religions. I don't want to get away from what you're saying. People have their own religions. They have their own cultures. And they believe it just as doubt-hearted as any other religion. And and that's respectfully. I don't think that, um, once again, I serve a God that is just going to wait for them to hit hell. No. I think the same grace that was given to me the same grace that was given to you, the same grace that's given to many that I knew before myself, is extended to, to those people. I believe that. 
Um, I believe that, you know, the Bible does say like, you know, even before, you know, God does return, every man will get an opportunity to hear the good news, the gospel. So I don't think that they're damned to hell. No. Do I think so? some people know the truth or hear some truth, but true, truly believe to just not consider it and, and say no? I believe there, there are people who will be like that, you know? But I don't believe that God's just sitting around trying to find a way to condemn people to hell. No, I don't. I believe his grace and his love, it, it, it will kick in, you know, with many people and give many people, all people, let me fix that, all people an opportunity to get to know his love. I, I absolutely believe that. Um, but I do believe that the scriptures and the Bible and and and, and the, the word of the Lord, when, and when it comes to saying that, you know, we need to make sure that we are coming through his son. We, we have, I know that's a big debate and we can go on and on about that, but I do believe in that. In my Christian faith, I do believe in that part. So, but I don't believe he's a cruel God or evil God that's sitting there just waiting to punish people for not, you know, knowing that. I believe that he understands their circumstances just like you do, that they was raised in the household, that they were, if you even try to do this, I'm going to kill you. If you try to say, you know, God, I'm going to kill. I think he knows all those things. And I think grace abounds in those issues and in those, those times, you know, I think we're missing that part. Grace is there. Mercy is there, you know, and in order for you to understand the extent of grace and mercy, you had to go back to love and understand the love of God. So I don't want to keep talking and ranting and raving, but. You know. Well, what is, what is, what, there's some things about me that I've, that I've thought about. Okay. Um, and one of, you know, those things that I thought about is because, <clears throat> because a friend of mine read my book and she said, you know what I really like about your book? I like how you use the thread of how God protected you through the whole thing. And I wasn't really intending on it, you know, to just, it, that's just what happened because I, 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 that I don't want to sound like I'm so much better or anything. Cause I'm not, mm -hmm. I just want to say that he hurt. I cried out to him he inclined his ear mm. unto me he set my feet upon a rock and now he is establishing my goings that's right and he and he was there and he's invisible <laughs> but what he was doing was was real i mean i i could i could sit and tell you stories all day but <laughs> faith and love and what you're talking about, love and faith and trust mm -hmm. and stuff. Mm -hmm. I just did. Yeah. And then I, um, you know, in and out of psychiatric, did you want me to talk more about what happened in there? Or do you want me to get into the healing from the book or? Okay. So um, you can share a little bit what happened in there and then, um, get to the place where you, cause I like, I'm, I'm hearing that part a lot um, more than we talked last time about the healing part. You know, it's, a, I'm, 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 I want you to tell us, you know, what, what drew you to remembering those, those times of prayer with your mom 
what drew you to that place? Because you, you said that they were pretty much trying to break you year, year after year after year. So what, what took you to that place that you felt, you know, I can, I can go and, and, and pray, but what, what made you do that? Well, for one thing, I didn't, I didn't really, to my knowledge, do a lot of praying. I, I can remember off and on asking God for help, but it was, um, it was that I knew that he was alive because of my mom. I knew that he was watching off me. He kept me alive night after night. So obviously he was doing that. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was so chaotic and it just went, it was crazy. I don't, I'm sure that I did pray, but what I had was I had a solid rock of insurance of assurance that he was there with me and I didn't have to stop and think about it. I just went on with confidence because he was inside of me and he was showing me how to stay alive, showing me how to escape, showing me what to do. Mm -hmm. That's a very, um, That's a very, you might not see it that way. Maybe you do, but that's a very supernatural experience that you had. A very supernatural experience. And what I mean is that um, naturally, because of where you were, you, you know, you, you should not have been feeling like you were being kept or led or protected. You should have been feeling something totally different, you know, under... Uh, somebody else would have thought something totally different, but he gave you what I call the peace that surpasses all understanding. Like he was giving you direction and guidance in a very chaotic environment in a very tough. And the ideas that he put, there's a place in the Bible. I saw it. I can't find it. Mm-hmm. God gives us witty ideas. Mm-hmm. I think if I Google it, they, it would show the verse. But the ideas, the things that even to this day, the ideas that God puts in my head, call this famous person. I talked to the governor. I talked to a famous Kevin Hines who jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge and travels all over the world with his wife. I called his number out of his book and he answers the phone. All these things happen to me. God is watching over my business. I know that he wanted me to write the book. Mm -hmm. I know that I healed from that doggone book because (laughs) I'm not sick. Now I've got three businesses and um, he has brought a public speaking coach free, Mm -hmm. a business coach for life through Greater Fergus Falls for free. A TED Talk speaker Mm-hmm. or a mentor wow. I have got a whole page of my team wow my buddies my helpers <laughs> nobody charges me God is helping me already part way off of disability I'm going for it yes <gasps> and you're gonna get it Vicky yes. <laughs> I got something else to talk about okay. oh no <laughs> Um, <laughs> I was put on a drug called lithium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lithium. You can't hardly breathe on it. You can't go out in the sun. You can't eat more salt than normal. You can't sweat. You can't 
you can't change toilet paper brands seriously you can't change sheets it's awful and so all my life this is so cool that i figured this out okay i have a psychiatrist mm-hmm. she said yeah you can go off lithium if you want i'm like what because i've like asked millions of people she mm-hmm. goes you're not any on any commitment you're an adult you're of sound mind if you want to go off lithium i'll help you now vicky i've never done we she, she come up with all these uh alternative medications and i'm like no no <laughs> so she goes okay well we will take the lamictal that you're already taking which is a mood step stabilizer too at first we'll increase it a little and then we'll do this. And this is an experiment, Vicki. I've never done this before. Mm-hmm. So you need to let me know if you're having a hard time. What's mm-hmm. happening is I'm getting better. <laughs> yeah. But the, the, this is another thing. You know, like I could have had a V8. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I could have had a V8. Okay. <laughs> it's, it, I was never mentally ill in the first place. Yeah. I had a concussion. Yeah. So all these years, since 17 until I'm 63, wow. I've taken lithium. What happens when you take lithium is the line between therapeutic and toxic is very, very thin. And if you have three cups of coffee instead of one, or you have a bladder infection, or whatever the heck your lithium level goes toxic and then it triggers you into having to go into a hospital. So therefore it's not the mental illness. That's not there. It's the lithium. I'm not saying that other people's that are have many that have whatever diagnosis, however they got those diagnoses, whatever. Okay. I'm just saying that after I researched and I realized and I told my psychiatrist, you know, if I wasn't on the lithium, mm-hmm. now I wouldn't be having these episodes, now would I? She goes, no. <laughs> wow. So wow. I, I'm willing to work with you, and I'm over half done. So not, I feel like I did. Bef- I feel like I did only better before my diving accident, mm-hmm. when I was queen of the saddle club and president <laughs> of the choir, and yeah. showed my horse and sang in a band, and all of a sudden, boom! Wow. You know? That's so. <laughs> what you're saying is this accident that happened to you when you were like 17 or whatever, 16 years, 17 years old, this accident was a concussion. And it it caused you to behave like somebody who was not treated for having a concussion. And because of that, it was misunderstood and misdiagnosed as a mental health issue. And because of that, you start, you know, you were institutionalized and you actually have been medicated and institutionalized over the years, back and forth, back and forth, since you were 17 years old. Wow. That is a wow moment. <laughs> and, and, about, and about 20 out of the whatever 100 times, I have no idea. Wow. I got the records, but I didn't count, right? Wow. Um, and you're smiling too, still. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so, it's so because I'm well, and I keep telling my family, and they're, I tell people, you know, I say I, when they when they accuse me, oh my gosh, 
Vicky, your house is a mess. Are you okay? I'm like, get out of my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> but what I tell them is, um, it's okay. Yeah. I'll be patient while I'm waiting for you to realize that I'm well. That you're okay. It's right. okay. Right, right. And I love that, Vicky. It's like, you know, um, you know how the word tells you that the joy that I have, you know, it's like he gives you joy that, you know, no man can take away from you. You know, like that's that type of joy that you have in this peace where you're able to be patient with those who still will see you the way you were in your past. You know, they're going to see you that way. But in your mind, you're going, that's OK. You know, I know this is the only way that you've ever seen me. And it's the only way that you can see me. But, you know, it's something about when God makes us a new creature. Right. He makes us new. He restore us. And I just love that. I think that's what makes me the most excited about your testimony is, you know, to hear that, you know, you have come to a place where you're like, okay, you know, you all don't see it yet, but that's okay. You know, I know what God is doing in me and, and how he's kept me. And, and then you, I mean, your, 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 your faith, you know, your joy, all of that. It's just, it's amazing to me because a lot of people would have given up, you know, but it's like you said, he didn't give up on me. You know, he didn't give up on you. Vicky. I gave up so many times and you haven't met me when all those years yeah. I had been lies the the mental health system, they treat you like you're sick and they, course, and yeah. they act like, are are you tired? Cause you look really tired and, and you kind of look depressed oh, and you're a little bit angry. I'm very concerned. Probably we'll have to go into a hospital. This is what I've heard yeah. and from my family yeah. and from my friends. Yeah. And you know what I had to do? I'm sure you've heard this before. What? What? I had to eliminate all the toxic people in my life. Good for you. I like being alone. I'm having Good. fun. <laughs> I just redecorated my apartment. It's so cozy. <laughs> and I'm taking a break. Yeah. I've got three. I've got book sales and book signings. I've got speaking engagements. And I sell the coolest sound reactive fire pits from music city fire in nashville and i am taking a total break like three weeks yes. i have got to get my shit straight I have, <laughs> I have all this i have stuff let's just yeah. put it that way mm -hmm. for these businesses yeah i i am in the process right now of putting stuff back in this huge closet Mm -hmm. I emptied the whole thing was all over. It's still half over the house. But, but that's good. That's good because that's good work. That's that's productive. You're being productive, so that's good. That's 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 good thing, you know. And, it's and not a good thing though, because yeah. I've had two mental health workers and three friends come in here and they're like, What is going <laughs> on? And I have never seen your place in such disarray you. you got things going on it's a different it's a different reason it's a different reason you I mean, it doesn't matter to them they're not going to believe it i get it though i get what you're saying because you got things happening this is going on this is going on so but they're just worried that you know when when people start neglecting their environment 
that, you know, there's something else going on, but it's not that you're neglecting, you just got a lot going on and, and you're like all over trying to make sure these things are done. And I get that, but I'm very, very happy for you. And I'm so glad to hear that even since our last meeting, you have um, been busy. I got to speak. I have five target markets for my speeches and I got to speak to the fifth one, which is the large mental health center that has never had a real live speaker with a story. And they've got to learn about what happens inside of adult foster care homes and psychiatric hospitals and how it feels and what happens when you have a mental health crisis mm. with a police officer. They're like, that's a big issue now for, wow. yeah, that's a big issue now, Vicki. You know, if you watch the news, like that's a big issue because a lot of police officers are not trained, you know, for that. I introduced them to the solution. Okay, great. It's great. called the Vitals app. What? It's called the Vitals app. The Vitals app, okay. Yes, vitalsapp.com endorsed by NAMI is an app that the police can have on their phone and Mm -hmm. I can have one. And it is filled with all the information about me, such as when police officers come to my door, I am very intimidated and actually look like I might be having a manic episode. So. You need to stand at least 10 feet away. Mm-hmm. And then it gives you the your plan of how it's a de-escalation tool. Okay. That it pings 80 feet before they reach you. And it doesn't have to be mental illness. It can be autism or whatever the problem is. Right. So I would be responsible for putting all the information a straight on shot, if there's tattoos, everything physical and what you need to deescalate, they don't have to do much work because they have reviewed everything within those 80 feet. Mm-hmm. Now, I have I have been working on getting that into the police department yes. in Fergus Falls, and I have an officer that I'm close to that I work with. And I, I told them at this mental health clinic, I said, I, I literally ordered them as they were leaving, check out the vitals app, call Sergeant Detective Andrew Miller. His email address is right there. He wait, he's waiting for your call. He needs, you know, you to get on board with you it. To make that connection between the mental health facilities and the law enforcement. Absolutely. So is this... Is this the app that you just happened to find out about or are you- I did. I happened to find out. I was on the peer support connection warm line in Minnesota mm-hmm. and I was told about it. Oh, okay. Well, that's something that needs to be more national because as you know, there has been, you know, news of, and I'm, I'm not sure why it would take, you know, us to get to this point you know, of looking into such connections, but, you know, we should have, as a, as a society, that's something that should have been in place a long time ago, where you, because, I mean, people are losing their lives because a law enforcement officer does not know 
that, you know, this is what's going on with them. They're not a danger to you. They're more of a danger to themselves sometimes, you know. And so, yeah, absolutely. That's that's good. I'm, I, I hope that you know, somebody is listening to that today and they can, you know, get that ball rolling with that. Well, I have been educating our local police department upon the captain's request. I made a video of four different mental health crises with police officers. One who let me go home, one who cuffed me and wouldn't let me get my coat. He cuffed me because he asked me three questions and I couldn't answer, so he cuffed me. So there's like four, I gave him four different scenarios. And um, there was one thing I, I wanted to add. There's something about me that when I go into, when I come out of a psychiatric hospital, Mm-hmm. It takes six months, sometimes a little more or over a year to get back myself. The last time I couldn't write with a pen, I couldn't talk, I couldn't cook, I couldn't sing. Yeah. And a couple of weeks ago, my singing came back to the point where I was on the sixth floor laundry room dancing to Joan Jett. And I just, I mean, my surgical foot I was bouncing all over and singing I love it I love it I love it is it is it okay so before we conclude I'm asking you a question you say it takes you a long time which is that's hard you, you I mean you're missing time that's a long time to you know have to come back to yourself is it because of the medication that they're giving you or is, is it the environment or is it both it's both they do, you do absolutely nothing for three months. They might have some really stupid groups <laughs> that are not helpful, but that's it. <laughs> hey, I was watching TV one night. Let's have some fun. This Native American girl grabbed me by the hair and drug me across the floor. Yeah, that's about all the entertainment that I ever got in there. Wow. She went to jail. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, you know what? When we come together, there is never a quiet moment. <laughs> I think we're an awful lot alike, actually. <laughs> Once we get started, we just go, right? <laughs> I don't know where you live, but I would like to come and see you and go someplace and do some stuff with you. Oh, oh that's awesome. I'm in Illinois. I'm in Illinois, Nikki. Illinois. That's not so far. It's not far. I've been to Minnesota a couple of times. So I'd rather go to Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has been my honor, as always, Vicki, and my pleasure to be able to come and talk to you about uh, your story. So once again, let my listeners know where they can contact you and where they can get your book. Okay. Right now, you can get it on Amazon. If you type in My Sanity Quest, it is called My Sanity Quest Tears, Trials, and Triumphs. But if you just put in My Sanity Quest, it'll pop right up. And then I'm gonna ask you a favor. It's not hard, it just takes a second. Wherever you purchase the book, before or after you read it, just scroll down and it says to rate and review. Please write a little bit a little review or go to Goodreads and write a review. It helps to keep the book out forward. You can also go to my website and 
you can check out my um, graphic artist's wonderful orange, black, and white work with all those horses all over it. <laughs> my website is vickijo.com and Vicky is spelled with an I-E, so V-I-C-K-I-E-J-O.com. Vicky Joe, that's my name. <laughs> um, I'm also going to let you know that I am in the process of taking it. I haven't taken it off Amazon, but Amazon is restricting me from um, selling my book or putting it in bookstores. Oh, yeah. So I may be adding new platforms, but they'll be on my website. But for right now, I'm not moving too fast on it. So grab yourself a book. There's an ebook too, and they're like 14 bucks, not much. Sounds great. And um, if if you heard her story today, you know there's going to be much more in her book and help in her book. So please remember to go and get Vicki Cho's book. Thank you, Vicki, for joining me today on Renew My Revolution podcast. It has been my honor. Thank you guys for tuning in with us. Once again, it's always my honor to be able to share tips and tools with you guys. I love you, but most importantly, God loves you more. God bless you guys. <laughs>